1: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's
2: Wednesday, October 19th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast.
1: That is the voice of today's (laughs) first guest, the USC legend, Double Nichols, the former number four overall pick of the New England Patriots, the three-time Super Bowl champ, and the NFL record holder, For playoff sacks, Willie McGinnis, welcome back to the pod. Hello. Willie is joined today by Mike Yam, the host of the NFL Explained podcast, which deserves a moment of explanation. Mike, 30 seconds on the clock. Tell us what it is and why we should listen.
3: It's Michael Robinson just disseminating so many nuggets with the help of our research team. It's every question around the league that you didn't know you needed an answer for. We got you covered. I love that
1: i am your host nfl network senior writer andrew levy and gentlemen please settle in for what's the thing wednesday mike you know what's coming willie you do not i like to throw you curveballs let's see what happens what's the thing what's the thing that defines your team or makes it dominant what's the thing that might derail your team or even destroy it basically What's the thing that best describes your NFL team as we enter week seven of the NFL season? Because every team has a thing. Today, we find out what that is. Now, Mike was here with me last week when we went team by team in the AFC. This week, we will examine every team in the NFC. And here's how. I have walked the beautiful new SoFi Stadium adjacent confines of NFL Network searching for fans of NFC teams. And I found those fans. And I asked those fans, what's the thing about your crew? Here's what they say. Curious to know what you say. We begin in the NFC East. Eagles.
3: Starts firing. Devontae Smith touchdown.
1: 6-0. The only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. What's the thing, I asked? First of all, a little context. We have a lot of Eagles fans in this building. Yes, we a do. A shocking number of Eagles fans.
3: Now that they're winning, we have a lot of Eagles fans. <laughs> now that they're
1: winning, they are coming <laughs> out of the woodwork. What's the thing, One said? Momentum. Easy enough. The other said defense. Mm. Yet another said, the thing is belief. He went on to say, it's buy-in. That the vibe this season reminds him of the 2017 Super Bowl team. Hmm. And then still another said, hunger. I believe this was you, Dante, if you're listening, this is for you. Hunger. That they are never satisfied. He said, you see it in the face of Jalen Hurts. You hear it in the boos of the faithful. That this is a team intent on getting better each and every week. I'll start with you, Willie. What's the thing for the Eagles? Do you buy any of this?
2: I buy a lot of it, and I think there's a lot of motivation because of some of the uh, criticism that not only the team but individual players have went through the last couple years of what they could be or could not be. So I think you take that as a player personal. Um, The one word outside the words that you mentioned that are all connected to this organization is complete. When I watch this team, um, nothing's ever perfect, but they're a complete team at this point uh, of the season because they play well on both sides of the ball. They complement each other. When the defense needs to make a play, they go out and make plays. When the offense needs to finish a team off, they finish teams off. Um, They don't beat each other. They don't beat themselves, excuse me. They have a coach with grit, confidence, and You know, you can tell that this team kind of exudes what he's putting off. Doesn't back down. um, He's tough. And that's how the football team is. They're tough. They don't quit. They finish. They find multiple ways to win football games. And what's so dangerous about them, offensively or defensively together, they can beat you a lot of different ways.
1: What's the thing about the NFC East leading Eagles Willie McGinnis says they are a complete football team. It's the word that we have applied to the Buffalo Bills. We have said that they may be the only team in the NFL that can claim the best offense and the best defense. And yet, I think Willie's absolutely right. This is a team that is sneaky good on both sides of the ball. When you look at the turnover ratio in the NFL, who is their number one? Philly by far, by a huge margin. And we know how important that is. 30 seconds on the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I What's the thing? I'll tell you this, the momentum aspect is whoever gave you that word is is sharp because I think it's a tsunami the rest of the way. They got to buy in week 7. Their next four games after that are against teams that have no more than 3 wins through the first 6 weeks of the season. The only teams that are remaining on their schedule that are real really tough are divisional matchups. Dallas and the Giants are the only teams remaining right now that have more than four wins at this point of the season. So I think momentum is going to carry over in a big way.
1: Let's move to your Giants.
3: Touchdown, Giants!
1: Mike Yam, who sit at 5-1, and one, mm. second in the NFC East. Mike Connor, one of our esteemed oh, producers, yeah. coordinating <laughs> producers. Uh, he's higher on the food chain than me, so he gets name-checked. Uh, what was his answer to what's the thing? Leadership. Another Giants fan said very simply, Saquon healthy, day ball. Cool. (laughs) And that, of course, goes back to leadership. Is that what you're buying? What's the thing for your Giants right now?
3: I would say yes. I mean, Willie, you've watched these games too. There is something really unique about seeing your coach – A Giants head coach get fired up the way that Dayball does in some of these wins. To me, it's cool and it's very different. Like I, you know, my era where I, you know, as a little bit older and saw these teams win, you know, and Eli out there is Tom Coughlin, right? Like the disciplinary dude who's kind of stoic. This is different. This is a new age Giants football, and there's a fun aspect watching Saquon Barkley out on the football field. So I'm there. I think leadership is this is complete, and it's not just by the way Dayball. It is a brand new front office joe shane now as their general manager things are changing in new york
2: you buy leadership yeah i'm buying i'm buying leadership but i think it starts at the top you got to have direction um starting with ownership yep. starting with the gym and the coaches you yep. got to have leadership and you got to have a direction of where you want your team to go and what you what type of culture you want you know you want to build in your team and there's so much to be said about you know the disciples of bill belichick the coaches that come from yes. that coaching tree right and you see a coach that's just been doing his own thing his way and not afraid, you know, to show emotion and have fun and, and fist pump and do all that. But we also saw that with Josh in Denver when they beat the Patriots. Yeah. He came back on the field for Encore. He was fist pumping. He was getting fired up with the crowd. But there was certain things that people tried to align that they were too much alike. I think Dayball has his own identity. I think he's learned so much from some of the best coaches he's been around. But he's applying it in his own way. And another important word is buy-in. To go into a place where nobody gave you a chance, you got so much turnover, you got guys that are not sure if they're going to be there, you're superstars. Yeah. High draft-round picks are right. not sure they're going right. to be there. You've
1: got a quarterback who isn't good enough, right? right? And you've, got a, uh, you've got a running back who's great, but he's, he's transcendent, but he can't stay on the field. You've got a fan base who you've lost. You've got, uh, you got a, a makeshift offensive a line, makeshift line that's been changed line. I don't know how
2: many times. Correct. Like it, there, look what he's done so much. with. It. On the other side of the ball, a new defensive coordinator. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Yep. But these guys have bought in. And what's so special about what they're doing at 5-1 and one is – They're doing whatever the staff asks them to do. They're finding different ways to win. It's not always great. Daniel Jones doesn't always throw for 350, 400 yards. Sometimes he only has 16 completions. It doesn't matter. They find different ways to win, and they're disciplined to what they are doing to their system.
1: Uh, You can't uh, see it through the airwaves, uh, listeners, but Mike Yam, the biggest Giants fan I know, Has a glow of contentment about him (laughs) right now. Let's hope You you know the glow
3: is there for that reason, and I'm also really impressed by the Crocs that you were wearing. I just looked down at your feet as you do this podcast. Always stand. Yeah, man, the the (laughs) camo look, that's a good vibe for you. Uh, Chefs wear Crocs. uh, People who work in hospitals wear
1: Crocs. And uh, new fathers of six-month-old babies wear Crocs. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys.
3: Touchdown, Cowboys!
1: The Cowboys are four and two. Hardly a surprise that I was able to find many Cowboys fans. The first Cowboys fan I talked to said this. What's the thing about the Dallas Cowboys? The fan base. Mm. That in spite of a quarter century or more without a ring, this fan base continues to grow and remains as devoted as ever. Now, some might argue that's a testament to advertising, not attraction, but we can have that conversation another day. My boss, Kingsley Smith, known for three things. The best loafer game in the biz. That easy Texas drawl highlighted by his signature phrase, the hell you will, and his love of them boys. Kingsley's answer to what's the thing? Defense. Defense. I thought you'd like that. And finally, a note of caution from our friend and colleague, Chris Wertz, whose fandom cannot be questioned. After all, he has a child named Landry. After, yes, Tom Landry. But his devotion to the silver and blue veers toward the fierce, not the fawning. What's the thing, Chris? That the offense is horrible, he said, and that Dak may not be enough to fix it. Wow. The Eagles gave us the entire middle of the field all game, Chris said, and we couldn't find it. A note of caution. What's the thing for the Dallas Cowboys?
2: I think adjustment. And they've had to make adjustments regardless of whether it's at play calling, whether it's at personnel in the most important position on the field, or... On the defensive side where you got a new coordinator that's adjusted the way he's learned defense for I don't know how many years. And when he got to Dallas, he kind of threw all that away and game planned around the guys that he had and the skill set, the players that he had. Um, And I think we're seeing a different Dallas Cowboys team the way they've played the last four weeks or five weeks or whatever the case may be. It's been a different style, right? It just wasn't throwing the ball, chunking the ball, three-by-one formation down the football field. Adjust. They've run the ball. They've used both of their backs. Um, they've been patient. They've taken what the defense has given them. Um, they wasn't turning the football over up until last week where he has three turns. I'll take the three picks over six weeks versus picks all every single week. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take that. Absolutely. I think Cooper Rush has done a great job of – holding it down until Dak gets back. Absolutely. His
1: stewardship of this team in Dak's absence has been exemplary.
2: Right. And all that that speaks for um, guys stepping in and adjusting and changing certain things for your team over individualism. And I will say that the Cowboys, if they can learn off the last six weeks of what they do really well, how they attack – how they take care of the football, all the, all the football life lessons you, you can learn, and just stay the course, they're going to be a dangerous team.
1: I'm going to move on to the commanders, but before I do, Mike, I find it interesting that flexibility, this adjustment that you speak of, mm-hmm. is defining for you, Willie McGinnis, a Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah. And yet when we talk about the NFC North here in a moment, you will hear that one of the knocks on the Green Bay Packers from a Green Bay Packers fan was in flexibility from their quarterback. Find that interesting. Let's talk Commanders. Touchdown, Washington! Commanders sit last in the NFC East, two and four. One Commanders fan said this, we have a quarterback. We don't have the quarterback. The other Commanders fan rolled his eyes, sighed deeply, and then said, what's the thing? Chaos. But what else is new? What's the
3: thing, Mike Am? It's kind of both of those things, right? I actually, can I spin it positive? I'll say hope. Yes. How about this? (sighs) I hate to say it, but Carson Wentz is becoming more known for things other than playing quarterback than being a quarterback. And to me, that's a problem. Taylor Heineke actually had some moments where you just say to yourself, you know what? Maybe it's like not the worst thing in the world that that Taylor's not going to get some opportunities because there's no place for this team to go other than up right now. And... Even in a win, we're still having this negative vibe. Like, they're coming off of a victory here. They didn't lose against the Chicago Bears, and yet the vibe around this team is the sigh. It's, oh, here we go. We don't have a quarterback. Maybe that distraction of Carson and not having him now over the next few weeks might be a good thing for this team.
1: So you're saying there's hope? I'll go hope. I'm trying to be positive
2: here. One word. Commanders, what's the thing? One word.
3: (laughs) That's tough
2: because I still think they need a lot. Yeah. Um to get where they want to be. And it's not just the team. It's ownership that's going through some stuff. So when you have so many distractions, um, when a coach speaks out publicly about his quarterback and makes a comment, he's brutally honest, which I'm fine with as a player. Yeah. And that player who top pick just hasn't been able to be the guy you want him to be on a consistent basis. On a team that you're building – because this, this team is still building. They're not where they want to be. You know, I remember the Eagles a few years ago. They were still building. It wasn't where they needed to be. But yeah. over the course of a few years, they are now. So I think hope is, is a great word um but this team is in right now kind of in limbo
1: yeah it's a team in limbo it, arguably it's a team in crisis and i think that we talked about leadership being uh, the thing on a positive side for the giants i think the top. interpreting what you're saying leadership may be the thing on a negative side for the commanders
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring
1: This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Today's guests, Willie McGinnis and Mike Yam. Today's question, what's the thing? What's the thing that defines every team in the NFC? We now move to the NFC South for the division-leading Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! The number is three. They are three and three, but actually currently the three-seed in the NFC playoff picture. So, what's the thing? The only Bucks fan I found said this, My love for Tom Brady precludes me. From objectivity, which I love. (laughs) I love her honesty in that. So let's be objective for her. I would say it's ferocity. That's today. Today, Wednesday. The likes of which we saw from TB12 on the sideline in week six. Tearing into his O-line. Now, some say it was unwarranted that he is abdicating his responsibility. I say goats surely must do what goats do. And I, being a mere mortal, don't know what goats do. Willie, you know him better than most. What's the thing for Brady and the Bucks?
2: The thing is... I'm not panicking. Um, so the thing is patience? It's patience. Because the first year that he was there, I kind of seen the same thing. I've seen frustration. Yep. I've seen over the, first, the yeah. first eight weeks of the season, I've seen a little confusion of what should we be as an offense. Because you had Leftwich, you had Arians, and then you had Brady. You had three different systems pretty much. And it, it was all over the place. I saw inconsistency, I, did, I saw frustration. Did we say that? I saw a lot of those things that I'm seeing now. And there are new pieces offensively, on the offensive line. Um, you have a new head coach. You have a lot of things that are in place. The defense, and you have a lot of things that are still in place, which gives me, which gives me a sigh of I'm not worried too much because great players, great teams, they figure it out. And it's so early in the season that nobody's running away. They're three and three, like a lot of other teams that are really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ravens, Green Bay. Sure. And there's probably 10 other teams that are three and three. So nobody's running away with anything right now. So you have time to fix whatever it is. The best fixer, probably the best fixer I've ever played with, is Tom Brady.
1: Well, okay, so there we go. (laughs) And the thing is that reductive cynics, the headline writers, want to make this about age. They want to make it about off. Wait, wait, wait! Did you say age?
2: When he led the league in touchdowns and yards last year? But you know, you know the. Why we wanted him back
1: so much? Weeds for years, wondering: Is this finally the year? Is this finally the year? Is this finally the year that the king abdicates his throne, that the goat is herded off the pasture? And you're saying it is an age, it is an off-field, it's football. It's Be football. patient, they'll get there.
2: It's football. I don't know where they'll go, but it's it's football. Let's turn
1: to your adopted team, Mike Yam. Yes. The ATL. The ATL, what? the Falcons. Touchdown Atlanta. Three and three, second in the NFC South. One Falcons fan said the answer is Marcus Mariota. That less is more. Yeah. That the efficiency from him with a running game that is working has to be the secret, has to be the answer. We called right before the show started our good friend, the captain, Steve Weich, who said the answer, what's the thing in the ATL? It's toughness. That yes, they lack a little bit of talent on that roster, but they will quote, battle your ass, to the last. That's what Steve Weich said. What's the thing for the Falcons, your adopted Falcons?
3: One of my two adopted teams. And part of the reason why they're one of my adopted teams is because Steve Weich is in, usually in the booth, typically around that squad. So is Coy Wire, who's a good buddy of mine. But I, I think he hits the nail on the head. This is a 3-3 three three football team. Willie was just telling us about the Bucks and being patient. I'll take it a step further. That division is not what we thought it was going to be at the start of the year. The door is still kind of open here, and... Look no further than last season. I actually think this roster is better this year than it was a season ago. And to Steve's point, they fought their their heinies off a, a year ago. I think Marcus is elevating their play in a big way. Um, we saw Pitts get into the end zone. Drake London has had some really good moments for this team. The effort's been there. I don't look at the NFC South and say Brady and the Bucks are so much better than everyone else. I just don't. And because of that, there's a window. That, that door is open for, for the Falcons.
1: Very interesting. Saints, quickly, two and four.
2: Saints touchdown.
1: Saints fans said, find the right lane in traffic. Is it Taysom? Is it Dalton? Is it the running game? Is it the passing game? What are we was her question to my question, what are you? Okay, so a question was answered with a question. What's the thing in New Orleans? Do we even know? What's so the thing? bad for those
3: dudes. Yeah,
2: I, you know, it, it is a question because they've had consistency on both sides of the ball. The offensive coordinator play caller has been there with Sean Payton forever. So, that's what they had last year, the year before, and all that. What made Jameis Winston comfortable when he was playing well before he got injured. That defense is, is the head coach, is now, was the D coordinator. So the defense hasn't changed. And, you know, you just don't know when you see a good team that's going through it and that's had some turnover, in a good way, because they need a receiver. So what do they do? They go out, they get Landry, they get Alave. You know, they got players. Camara's there. Taysom Hill, we know his role. He does it all. He does everything, but there <laughs> just seems no consistent play anymore. I know they've lost a couple guys like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, sure, and, and, and you know a couple other. They're lost. I think the Marcus game. Williams or some other yeah. guys, but it's still a really good football team yeah. with with talent on both sides of the ball. So. I think that the Saints right now are trying to find themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost interesting to hear you say they're a really good football team. So maybe the thing for them is the proving ground, because they're going to have to prove it for that to be the case. Let's finish the NFC South with the Carolina Panthers.
3: Touchdown, Carolina!
1: One Carolina Panthers fan I found, he was wearing the Panthers hat, the black hat Mm -hmm. with the the blue cat, and he was almost embarrassed to be found. And when I asked him what's the thing, he said, no quarterback. And then he very quickly said, "Keep in mind, I am a fan of Baker Mayfield. What's the thing for the
3: Panthers next season? <laughs> reset button, right? Reset. I button. mean, this is a reset in a big way. I mean, you, everyone, we're all NFL fans. We hear the buzz about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, can you imagine? That has been the story for this team of the last few seasons. Oh, if Christian's healthy, maybe it's a little different. But you, you can play the woulda, shoulda, coulda, would game, but." If they go and move Christian McCaffrey, this is completely a reset and an organization that needs to figure it out. Do Do you
2: think – and real quick, do you think if something hasn't worked for years, as good as one player is – I've seen a lot of really great players moved, right? Yeah. But as, as, as good as this team can be or need to be, maybe it's a good thing to move on and change things around yeah. because you got two quarterbacks at the that – One, you brought over thinking he may be the guy. I I don't know if that's still the answer. A guy that you've had there in Sam Darnold that hasn't really had an opportunity or they've given up on him. And then you draft, you know, um, Matt Corral, a guy that you probably like that hasn't had an opportunity and there's no need to thrust him into the lineup right now. But you got good players. You got good defense. You got good a lot of draft first-round draft choices on that defense. Um, You've drafted... Well, offensive a special player. You're moving guys. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got good talent. I know you just moved the receiver. You know, he's gone because he had to run in with the receiver's coach. But is it time to get something for Christian McCaffrey if it's a reset to build yeah. your team up? Kind of like what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. They got a ton of picks. They got players. And it's definitely we're going into a different direction. So let's compile a bunch of talent to do that. I think it's the perfect time because, honestly, outside of fantasy, which is great for fantasy players, but for winning games and championships and Super Bowls, Christian hasn't done enough to help that team.
1: Uh, Remaining flexible spiritually, emotionally, in terms of the roster, remaining flexible, being willing to let go of a piece that some people think is – uh, is a necessary piece. Not surprising to hear that come from a guy yeah. who came from the Patriot way, where they were willing to let guys go that we thought you could never let go. They proved yes. Sometimes this is about fit. This is about formation. This is about the future. It's not always about the name on the jersey. You want to be good or you want to be great? Christian McCaffrey is a great
3: player, but maybe they're, that team cannot. they not great a good team, team right know,
2: now. No, but what's what's. How can you be great if you're not consistently playing on the field?
3: And that's, well, that's to Mike's point. That, and that's my the thing. The player's great, you, if no, but the he, team isn't. He called him
2: great. I'm saying, how could he be well, great he, he if, has, he's, he has if got, he's not consistently on the field? That's fair enough. Playing. That may be some of your He has the opportunity to be yeah. great, but yeah. if you're not playing consistently, how can you be great?
3: If you can get assets for him, like you said, you can set yourself Cashier. up in the long term. Hey, it's a cheesy stockpile, old saying. Stockpile 100%. talent. It's yep. a
1: cheesy old saying, but it's there for a reason. A player's best ability is his availability. Yep. Correct. Let's move now to the NFC West. The 49ers, one of these many teams that you referenced before, at three and three.
0: Touchdown, San Francisco.
1: Our coordinating producer Jeremy Lawers, when asked, "What's the thing?" said, "Debo. He's the best playmaker on the field." You paid him, now use him. (laughs) Another Niners fan said, hurt. Another Niners fan said, injured another Niners fan said injuries and it's whining for most teams but it is appropriate for the 49ers let's be honest let's give them a break we're talking Trey Lance Bosa Kinlaw Armstead Jimmy Ward Treverius Ward it's a hospital ward over there Trent Williams Mm -hmm. Eli Mitchell these are not second string special teams players these are integral parts of this 49ers machine what's the thing
3: seven starters on defense last week weren't on the football field. Are you kidding me? It's the best defense in the NFL, that statistically speaking, and it didn't look that way because it's not the same team that we've seen through the first 6 weeks or so. I mean, it, to me or first 5 weeks of the season cuz we're coming off of week 6. You know, Willie, how do you compete with seven of your starters who are That's tough. I, I, to me they're still, you know, I've been saying this with Jimmy. I I still think that the the NFC still could go through the Bay Area, but they got to get healthy quick. I mean, Trent yeah. Williams getting close now, it looks like. Bosa getting that, Those are all good right things. Right now, they are the four
1: seed in the playoff picture in that NFC. And again, I'm sorry to keep going yeah. back to that. But again, for all the mediocrity and the troubles that a 3-3 three and three record may suggest... They're in the conversation. They're not even sort of yeah. near the conversation. They are smack dab in the middle yeah. of the conversation. This is a team with a bright future if they can see it and take it.
2: Absolutely. And I think everybody made valid points. You can replace injured players, but you can't replace that the talent level. Yeah. And when you have Bosa and Armstead and Ward, and, you have starters. Yeah. Starters. And physical, really good starters that make a difference when they're on the football field. Not just guys that, that's just out there. So it's early. The professional experience, coaches, and front office people never panic in week six because there's 11 more weeks. We forget. It's 11 more weeks. Yeah. Or if you want to throw in the bio for some eight, Sure, sure. Um, 12 more weeks, yeah. right? 12 more weeks of football. Nobody. That excites me. I'm, nope, I'm excited. To hear right, that. right. Right? Yeah. Nobody's panicking no? if you know you're getting guys back and you can make a run. You want to get to the halfway point, you want to get to the third quarter, and you make your final push in the fourth quarter of the season. So I'm still optimistic about the 49ers.
1: Are we still optimistic about the defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams? The L.A. Rams sit 3-3, three and three, second in that division. Touchdown, L.A.! L.A. Rams fans, not hard to find around here. One said, what's the thing? Disappointment. The other said, what's the thing? She didn't even answer. She merely sighed, a deep (laughs) sigh, the likes of which we heard from some other fans. And then a third person, Alex Wilk, one of our esteemed producers, said, what's the thing? Cam Akers. Are we going to trade him? What can we get for him? Let's not forget he missed the biggest hole in O-line
3: history. We need to move on from him. What's the thing for the Rams? I'm giving you the sigh as well. You know, I got an education on offensive line play from Willie on Total Access the other week when he talked about some of the issues that that team has had specifically protecting Matthew Stafford. In fact, while you were asking the question, I was looking just to sort of see, because I knew he wasn't on the ground too much against Carolina. They generated just one sack against him. I don't know what to make. I still – look, it's a win. A win is a win. They're hard to get in the NFL, so that's a positive – Willie, I don't know if I learned anything coming off of that victory against the Rams. I think the jury's still out on them.
2: Remember we were talking about that very same point. In two weeks, it was 12 sacks and 48 pressures. Just two weeks. And I get it. You got injuries. You got the most different combinations on O-line and all those different things. But these guys are professional. You got one of the best play callers and game planners in the league as Sean McVay. And you still retained a lot of talent or probably even got a little bit better in certain places. Bobby Wagner is definitely an upgrade at Without the middle a linebacker Without spot. When you talk about Allen Robinson is one of the best in the league. Yeah. Um, I think they missed Bobby Trees, but yes, yeah. Alan yeah. Rob is good. You don't have Van Jefferson. He's been injured, so you, may, you, know, you get him back. That speed. You, 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 got, you got some players No over OBJ, there. no Vaughn. I mean, those, yeah. those, those no start OBJ, to sound like no excuses. No OBJ, no Vaughn, you switch off Wagner for Vaughn. Yes, I mean, sir. you could go back and forth, yes, whatever. But did complacency sneak in there? Maybe that you know? is, maybe that is mean, the thing. Did, did the Super Bowl play? Did the Super Bowl train and parade last a little bit too long? Yeah. Um, it just seems like they wasn't ready to go. And I've been there. I've been there as a player. You know, we won in 0-1, and we didn't even make the playoffs the very next year. It's a long season. Your offseason is way shorter. You really don't have one. And you got to get right back in the mix. And you don't have really time to spread your wings and, and take it all in because you got to get back to work. And if you've never experienced that, if you've never done that, it's tough to get out of that rut. So now that they've had an extended preseason, to say, because they haven't got going yet. Yeah. The thing is, Drew, can they fix some of the, the things that are jumping off the, off the screen? Can they fix some of those things in time to save their season like the Cincinnati Bengals did last year?
1: Yes. Well, everything that you've just said suggests that they can. What? 12 weeks to go in the season. Yep. The fact that they are 3-3, three and three, level on record with the division-leading 49ers. So, yes, history, time, the schedule suggests that the answer is yes, they can fix it. Now the question becomes, will they? Let's move on to the Seahawks. Touchdown, Seahawks! Six teams to go in the NFC. We're on the clock. Let's do it quickly. Seahawks are 3-3. Three and three. What's the thing two Seahawks fans were asked? The first one said, Gino, can he or can't he? The second one said, rookies, Rookies overlooked on this team. Yeah. Huge contributions from I'm rookies all about. over this Seahawks roster. He did not suggest what that would turn into this season, but he merely wanted to give them some love. They
3: deserve the love. Uh, what's the thing for the Seahawks? Two words, winning and wrong. Wrong, we were all wrong about Geno Smith Correct. being able to lead this team and winning that trade with Denver they are big winners based off of what we are seeing right now.
1: So that suggests that the thing is more of a future play than a current play. And yet there they are again at three and three. Yeah,
3: yeah they're, they're in the everything middle. to play for. Yeah, kind of crazy. And that's why I'm, I'm doubling down on wrong, because I don't think anyone in our building felt like Gino was going to be being able to play at this level. I think he's tops in the league in terms of completion percentage. The wins have come for this squad. I, I think a lot of us sort of say, hey, kind of owe him a little bit he's of apology. He's mobile.
1: He throws a good deep ball. And no, we're not describing Russell Wilson. Yeah. We are describing Geno Smith
3: 2022. He knows what he's doing.
1: Let's finish this uh, division with the Cardinals. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. The ever-confounding Cardinals. When asked, one, only one Cards fan could I find. He said, what's the thing? I'll give you a few. Kyler, pretty obvious. Cliff, pretty obvious. But he also said this and reminded us, and the stats bear this out. We are great from the 20 to the 20. We are hapless and hopeless in the red zone. The last thing he said, let's not forget DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins may be the thing. The return of D-Hop may be the thing that defines this team right now because it may be the only thing offering some hope on what appears to be a rather bleak situation in the desert. Do you agree with any of this? What's I don't,
2: the thing? I don't agree. If they if they think if Cardinals fans think DeAndre Hopkins is going to fix all the other problems that's going on, then they're kidding themselves. They're kidding themselves because it's more than just the receiver coming back. A big, not just a receiver, one of the best in the league. Um, I don't think that solves a lot of the situational things that I'm watching with this team. I don't think that solves the fact that. Even with him, they haven't finished games in the past, I don't know how many years. Finished games, yeah. second half of the season or whatnot. A um, lot of change. It's different. We're talking about now the head coach who do does a team believe in. Do they Are they buying in? The fans don't. They, they, they point at him. You pay the quarterback maybe a little too soon because he hadn't really proved that he can finish, that he can do certain things, but He's talent. So now we're paying talent versus on what talent transcends into results on a football field, which, you know, it's different. It's what the market dictates versus what have you done for this team.
1: Interesting you said the word market because as you were talking, I was thinking the market in terms of playing the stock market. The market is often driven by speculation. There was a speculative play, it seems, on Kyler Murray. A lot of good upside on that stock. A few things to worry about on that stock. We're seeing now maybe the investment was too big. Maybe we have we've leveraged too much of our, you know, of our portfolio in that player, in that stock. We'll see. Time will tell. But again, even they are at two and four, not out of the conversation, not wow. out of the mix. So if they can fix some of these things, Willie McGinnis says, be cautious. Dhop is not the answer, but he is an answer. And they have some other
0: questions to answer along the way.
1: This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Today's guests, Willie McGinnis and Mike Yam. Today's question, what's the thing? What's the thing that defines every team in the NFC? We now move to the final division in the NFC, the NFC North. Mike Yam is late for a meeting. I can feel his anxiety. I can <laughs> feel his energy. You walk away at any time, and we will not call you a quitter. Certainly not to your face. <laughs> NFC North are led now by the Vikings, 5-1. and one. Touchdown, Vikings! What's the thing, The Vikings fans, she said, Kirk, Kirk is feeling himself. He's wearing the chains. People are gassing him up. This is a new Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins in her eyes. She said there's a new energy in the building. There is new air in the building. Maybe the new coach has something to do with it. She actually used the word trendy when describing her Minnesota Vikings. I'm not even sure I know what she means by that. I say it's disbelief because I don't buy it. I don't believe what I'm seeing. And she said, just wait, what's the thing for the
3: Vikings? I used the term polarizing yesterday on Total Access. Polarizing because this is still a 5-1 football team and we treat them like they are a 1-5 football team. It actually had me thinking on the car ride over here, we should do a segment called Would You Rather? Would you rather be the Vikings or pick any other team essentially in the (laughs) NFL? And I can almost guarantee you none of the people in our building are buying on this football team. Wins, once again, are hard to come by they got, they got five, five of them. them. We talk about the Raiders, like, oh, it's all good. Look at their schedule. Like, they'll be okay. And they got one win. All I'm saying, and I'm, look, at the, and I, I guess I'm falling into my own trap. I'm like, I <laughs> no, kind of like the Raiders. But I say polarizing. People don't buy this football team right I'm now. I'm translating. I think you can do better than polarizing. I think what Mike Am is saying is that the thing for
1: the Vikings is disrespect. Yeah. It's disrespect. Yeah. They're not getting the respect that maybe they deserve. Why, why, why,
2: why would you give a certain level of respect when it comes to winning at a certain level if somebody has, has never done it. Like, you can't really say, well, they're going to do X, Y, and Z when they, they've never done it. Like, if, if there's a team that always comes back, that always finishes, that always proves everybody wrong, that consistently does certain things, I could be like, yeah, you know what? I don't believe what I'm seeing, but I know, I know what's going to happen. And this team has never done it now. It's unfair probably to continue to do that because they have a new direction and a new head coach, and he has a new attitude. And the players came out before the season and said, hey, we got all the confidence in the world. This is going to be one of the best offenses. Some of our colleagues picked their quarterback to be the MVP of the league. So there was a lot of excitement about the Vikings going into the season. And they're 5-1. And, and they're 5-1. But we There's just... Always a but. We're never
0: too far away no, no, from no. The but. No, the, the only
2: mean, but. Is, the only but is... Until they win either an NFC championship or go to this, or yes. get to the Super Bowl yes. or do something big or win a couple, win a couple of playoff games, nobody's going to buy in.
1: Let's start with winning the division. How about that? Yeah. I, I, I think Vikings fans would tell us, hey, doubt us at your own peril. Well, this is my message to those Vikings fans. I'm feeling risky. I'm willing to, I'm willing to risk peril. I'm doubting you. Yep. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove us all wrong. Let's move to the Packers, three and three. Touchdown, Green Bay! A lot of Packers fans in this building, a lot of Packers fans in this country. A lot of disappointed Packers fans in this country right now. When asked, what's the thing with your Green Bay Packers, Travis said, they're a 30-minute team. I'd like a 60-minute team, please. I think that's very interesting and probably fair. He also said, when Rodgers says he wants to simplify, I think what he's really telling us is that he doesn't want an offense with pre-snap movement this was some next level analysis he said most successful teams over the last 10 to 15 five to 10 years excuse me rely heavily on pre-snap movement matt lafleur when asked about the simplified sound said he didn't know what rogers means so for me that suggests that the thing in green bay is a disconnect between the coach and the quarterback but now i teased it earlier i think the real answer is inflexibility you have a Quarterback who is inflexible in the face of changing conditions. Devontae isn't there. You have receivers that you need to build chemistry with, and yet you still didn't play in the preseason. You didn't remain flexible. You don't remain flexible to a scheme that may be necessary right now, and you are saying in the press that as long as people don't break rank, we're going to be fine, as if to say if somebody has their own point of view, it's a problem. That seems inflexible to me. Am I overreading this?
2: In a way, I would say maybe just a little bit, because some of the things that you mentioned, they've come out and showed different, right? The new system, doing this, doing that. Well, that's kept Aaron Rodgers clean. It's kept him healthy. Running the ball more, it's taken a lot of pressure off of him. Yes. It's 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 now they have two starting running backs with Aaron Jones and Dylan in at the same time. That's brought flexibility to their passing game. Now you got Now you got to play to run, so it opens up plays down the football field. No Adams, I get that, but Rodgers, while Adams was there, had a winning record without Adams, which showed he can win yes. in a limited amount of time without Devontae. The record was very good. The record was very good. So now, when you talk about simplifying things and changing things, it's not for Aaron or the guys or the vets. It's for the players that's never been in that system that probably can't, it's a nice way of saying we got guys that can't pick up what we're doing. So whenever we have had issues on a Friday in practice and guys are having MEs and we had new install and guys are not picking it up, to avoid us playing slow, thinking, mental errors, giving up big plays, our good coaches took that and threw it the hell out. We're not doing it and we've changed it. If it's it. not working, don't force it. we changed it. So I think he said we need to kind of backtrack, do some things to get these guys going, and once we get the chemistry and the consistency that we want, then we can start adding on more and more and more because he's not seeing and if And if the guy who's orchestrating the offense is saying that, then maybe there's, there's some truth to
1: it. I appreciate that context because I have been feeling a little bit too critical and too harsh on Aaron Rodgers as of late, a guy that I think throws a better football than I've ever seen in my 51 years on planet Earth. Bears, 2-4. and four.
3: Touchdown, Bears!
1: When asked what's the thing with his Bears, our good
3: friend and producer Jeff Blasucci said this, there isn't one. Oh, jeez. You know, there's been times I've watched Justin Fields and I go, oh, okay, like that's the dude that I saw at Ohio State. That's the guy that can thrive. You know, I was watching some of the comments from Richard Sherman about how they're running him in this offense, which I thought was pretty significant um, coming off of that loss. Nothing positive. Not that I want Not that we have to be positive here. I'm starting to get worried about what this guy is going to be because there's quarterbacks and there's a long history of this. In fact, Willie just mentioned one of the guys that I think of in this situation who's currently playing in Sam Darnold. Sometimes fit sucks and you are still a good quarterback. Like, I think Sam could still play. I don't know what level. I don't know if we're talking about him as a, a top half of the league guy, but deserves to be a starting quarterback. But you're
1: suggesting it was a bad fit in, in uh, New Jersey with the Jets, and it may be an even worse fit in Carolina with the Panthers? Well,
3: yeah. when you talk about the fit, you got
2: to factor in that he really didn't have a consistent fit with coordinators and O-line a like, revolving every, door. Like, it, it was a revolving okay, door. Okay, fair
1: enough, but let's stay to the point. So, Justin Fields, maybe good quarterback, bad fit? I don't – I just – Against my commanders, the, I, I saw him make the best pass of the day, and I saw him make the most electric run.
3: I want to see him day. run. I honestly, it, look, Kyler got a 200-plus million-dollar contract because of his ability to use his legs. Um, Malik Willis is one of the more exciting players that we don't see obviously on the football Tennessee field. Tennessee Titans. Time. He is fun to see. That is a pride is a liberty. Dynamic. That is. Justin Fields capable of doing that. I saw almost every single one of his games at Ohio State. The dude can absolutely play, but he's so friggin' dangerous once he's on the move. And we don't see that a lot in this Bears offense. So I don't I don't know what to make Not of it. Not scheming for
2: your players.
1: Back to flexibility. Back to making no. adjustments. Back to, I'll tell you what, you know, as much as we roll our eyes at the kind of what we call indoctrination coming from guys like Willie who came out of a very successful program. The fact is, if we don't learn from successful franchises and successful programs, then we are guilty of hubris. We are guilty of hating the player and not the game. Learn how to win the game. Do what Patriots do. Do what successful teams do. And stop beating your head against the wall. Good Lord. That's for you, Bears fans. Lions, we finished today on a down note. I'm sorry to do that to you. Lions, one and four. What's the thing? Touchdown! When asked, the one Lions fan I found said, it's about finishing games. And I don't know what it is about my team. He said, Mm -hmm. is it mentality? Is it personality? Have we learned how to lose? What's the thing in Detroit?
3: Buzzkill in (laughs) a big way. I actually thought, Willie, they might have turned the corner. Maybe I was sipping the uh, the Hard Knocks Kool-Aid a little bit been rooting for this team. Saw flashes of it on the offensive side. Jared has been much maligned really his entire career. I kind of feel bad for the path that he's now had to take coming off of a a Super Bowl uh, with the Rams. I, I want this team to do well. I don't know what those missing pieces are other than do we just say, hey, future cast? Because we do know that there's young, talented players on this roster. They've done okay in the draft.
1: Willie, you get the last word of the day on this. The Lions, one and four, the cellar dwellers of the NFC North. We watched them on Hard Knocks. We sort of fell in love with them in the offseason. We love Dan Campbell's passion. We seem to love certain weeks, Jared Goff's upside. We love guys like Amon-Ra St. Brown. We love guys like DeAndre Swift, and yet they're not always in the lineup. What's the thing for the Detroit Lions? What's it? What is it?
2: I think finish. Finish is a big one. They got to continue to finish and and do what they need to do. But also Continue
1: to finish or learn how to
2: finish? Learn how to finish. Learn how to finish football games. I mean, this team was leading the league in scoring and points and all those different things. So I don't think they're far off of where they're trying to be. It's going to take time. You're still collecting talent. I still don't think they have enough talent to go out and be competitive and, and dominate to the level that they really want to. But this team is dangerous because they fight and they never stop fighting. And I know we say they don't finish games. That's just winning games. Yeah. But they'll fight you to the end. Yes, they will. And things always don't work out for them, but... They'll go and play you for four or more quarters.
1: That is what's called a note of hope from Willie McGinnis for you, D-Town, and your Lions. We want to thank today's guests, Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champ, and Mike Yam, host of NFL The Explained podcast. Join us tomorrow for a special Thursday throwback edition, the life and career of David Carr. As nice as he is handsome, a Super Bowl winner. Some say he was a cautionary tale. Some said his career was a disappointment. Some went so far as to say it was a bust. We'll tell you why. It was an absolute triumph. Brother, mentor, father, husband, analyst, and coach, David Carr, tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app,